Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Football Ramble on Football Ramble Daily. My name is Marcus Speller. I am Jim Campbell. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Julio Donaldson. What a beautiful bank holiday, everybody. Making the use of the time off, are you? We certainly are. We're bringing you another football ramble. Good to have you with me, guys, even if it's remotely, Peter. It is. It's good. I've got, um, I'm, I'm doing all my bank holiday chores. I'm leaf blowing. I am pressure washering. I've got a leaf blower set up next to a pressure washer and they're just going, they're going at it. They're battling. Yeah. It's brilliant. I'm, I'm, I'm laying mm. out bets which one's going to explode first. It's like Godzilla versus Mothra. Yeah, <laughs> this is fantastic. For those unaware with your domestic situation, Pete, you live in a flat, don't you? And it's not autumn, so presumably you've do, imported yeah. these leaves. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, actually, I think you'll find that Peter has has escaped London back to his native northeast, as is uh, <laughs> yeah, <yes>. <laughs> <laughs> as is the style. <laughs> I stopped off at my popular school trip destination, Barnard Castle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Pete, Pete, as long as you were following the science home, then I'm sure it was absolutely yeah. fine. I was, yeah. Wait, I tell you what, if Pete did that, the big story wouldn't be, I can't believe he's done this. It would be, why did Pete need childcare? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why did the lady let him do that? And also, I can't drive, so many crimes. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> we should move on very swiftly then, Peter, before uh, we lose you uh, to jail. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, well, absolutely. Well, um, th- th- we uh, we enjoyed, or oh, Peter, you very much enjoyed the the Berlin derby, of course, on Friday night. Your beloved Hertha beat Union four <laughs> nil, easy peasy. Yeah. Why? Why? I just like how I've been awarded this team that I, I've seen. You once, chose them. Couldn't stand. I, well, I was. I think I was awarded them. You chose them. But, them. but but I think I do believe. Uh, yeah, they did very well. I didn't choose them. I think they were chosen for me by an email, if you remember, Marcus. Um, but uh, yes, uh, now Sancho is Sancho apparently is up there with Messi for goal involvements this season. There's a new metric yeah. under lockdown someone's come up with, goal involvements. Yeah. God, when you say an email, I chose it. Again, you don't have to uh, let the emailers mm. be your overlords. Yeah, Pete, can I just chime in on this? Um, yeah. One, you definitely 100% chose them. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> pretty sure you did it live on the show. Yeah, yeah, and so and you also said that you'd seen them before, you didn't like them, and it was rubbish and everything. Yeah. But you chose them anyway, which made, meant yeah. we laughed. Uh, and uh, secondly, um, Sancho didn't play for her to Berlin. No, I think Peter was making a wider point. Even for you, Peter, this is a tangled web. Quite early, I on. was trying to, I was trying to move off. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hang on, hang on, no, no. I think you'll find, I think you'll find that that Jaden Sancho does actually play for her to Berlin and I don't have the facts at hand um, but Peter <laughs> uh, uh, you know if he believes that then then you know and, and, he's played for them all along and, and I mean what are football teams anyway you know they're just a collection <laughs> of people Jaden Sancho is a person uh, and yeah. I, I get as, as Pete as Pete acted legally with integrity I'm not going to take any further questions no further questions on Pete Donaldson. I believe he's acted as, as any as any as any, as any uh, football fan would uh, reasonably. Yeah, exactly, and with integrity. Exactly, Jaden Sancho's English. Pete's English. What's the problem here? Can we move on? Okay, <laughs> right. Um, it was four nil though. Okay, that is a fact. That was true. So no further questions on my integrity. Um, but Peter, uh, uh, your mm. favourite uh, and mine, Matthias Cunha, with another nice goal. He scored a, a lovely one. I described it as Peter Unluvu-esque in in the first game. Peter. He scored a, 
he scored another a nice little curler into the corner. Would you say this is also unloving, though? I mean, I do want to move on to the Dortmund Wolfsburg match, but yeah, it was uh, it was an excellent uh, 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 goal. And there are going to be a lot of because the eyes of the entire world are on uh, the Bundesliga at the moment. There's going to be a lot of footballers getting picked up at the, uh, yeah. in the close season whenever that uh, might actually happen. I have to say, I do I do like unloving. As a as a description mm. of a goal, it's, it's got it sounds almost like Lovecraftian, you know. It's got a sort yes. of quite, it's got a gravitas to it, uh-huh. and uh, it does. impossible fascism like uh, old Lovecraft had. Well, yeah. Uh, this this game, this game. I mean, shout out to the Union keeper for getting one in the nuts very early on, but still playing yeah. very well uh, despite them losing four nil. But I mean, maybe I'm being harsh here. Either that, or I've just watched Schalke too much. But the defending <laughs> since this game, is, since football's come back, has been absolutely horrendous. Mm. It, it, it's like um, one of the things we did expect, and one of the things we've seen actually in Germany, is the fact that home advantage seems to have just completely disappeared. I think there are only two home wins in this round of fixtures, um, mm. which is strange, but understandable. But the other thing maybe we didn't quite predict was the lack of intensity on display for, for, for defensive sides of teams. I mean, I understand how if you're an attacking player or a creative player, a lot of time perhaps you play on instinct and there's certain patterns and certain runs you need to make. But defensive players obviously have to be big on concentration and big on intensity. And we're not seeing that from what I've seen from a lot of the Bundesliga at the moment. And I wonder if it will be replicated across the other leagues when they come back. And have you, have you, mm. Marcus, have you noticed that as well? I think the defenders are socially distancing from the strikers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I have done. Yeah, I think the, the first the first week it seemed to be the strikers could not put anything together in the six yard box, and and it, maybe it just takes one more match for the defenders to get back up to uh, back mm. up to speed. Because you see that in pre season, don't you? You always see like ridiculous kind of cricket scores when people go out yeah. on tours of the US and and the Far East and stuff. But it's been poor, hasn't it, thus far? Yeah, well, there's been a lot of high scoring games, but but Dortmund Wolfsburg was one of the sort of more regular scoring games. <laughs> uh, well, we did see Jaden Sancho play for nearly half an hour and uh, registered another assist for, for those who like the, the stats. Goal involvement. It's a goal involvement, Marcus. I want to talk about the goal involvement. Well, they should all be involved in the goal. Uh, but Luke, you must be <laughs> delighted that your beloved Dortmund are keeping the pace with Bayern. Yeah, uh, as you can imagine, Marcus, it's a very, very... Um, sort of emotionally charged afternoon for me. I mean, you know, as as you well know, as I've mentioned before on the show, I when I was born, I was uh, black and yellow. Yeah. And um, if you cut me, I bleed Jaundiced. black and yellow. Ter- terrible yeah. gospel <laughs> hospital. They called him the bumblebee. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of oxygen deficiency. Yeah. Um, for, for, for once, I'm not regretting all those Borussia Dortmund tattoos, Marcus. Yes. <laughs> you thought your moment had come when they won the Champions League in the 90s, but but no, it's uh, it's carried Absolutely. on, of course. So um, you must be enjoying it. But yeah, uh, I, mean, I mean, Dortmund and Bayern, it's, it's nice to have a, some sort of title race somewhere in Europe, of course, this season. Although, to be fair in Serie A, they, they, they do as well. But Bayern won 5-2 against Eintracht Frankfurt and Leon Goretzka with a lovely opener. The delicious yeah. side foot volley. Oh, but it was it was hit with such power as well, and it mm. had a little deflection on its way to him as well. So it almost feel like he can slow down time and just take a take an extra moment. That was brilliant from him. I tell you, mm. I mean, this is you know not exactly going to be a, sh- a shocker to anyone, is it? But if you look at players like Goretzka and Kai Havertz and Timo Werner, like there are some really really top quality players coming through for Germany again. 
which is annoying. Um, and you, you just think, oh, God, have they, have they got another generation of amazing players that we're going to have to wait out again? Yes, by the looks of it. Hang on, Jim. Their first round knockout in the last World Cup, is that not enough for you? Yeah, wankers. But that was brilliant. I will never stop enjoying that, but it's in the past, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And in the past, it must remain. Is, mm. it, is there a situation that sort of detests that I like that, that, that when uh, an amazing goal is scored under these conditions, because there's not and there's nobody in, in the actual uh, stadium, people don't, will not think of these goals as being amazing goals because they're not mm. celebrated like, like I know amazing you mean. goals are. Yeah, so yeah. It takes, it, it, like there are some incredible goals being scored in the Bundesliga for, for, for the first two weekends back after uh, lockdown. Pete, you're absolutely right. And I, th- I think I think what's going to happen is, you know, you, when you see that sometimes people on um, on the internet who've got no friends will do this kind of, oh, I've written a big column about um, all the greatest forgotten goals in in football history, right? Because what's right. happened is someone scored an amazing goal, but it's been in like a five-one defeat or whatever. I'm friends with those people. Your pitch didn't go down very well, then uh, Luke. They didn't want it. <laughs> those losers on the internet. I haven't got any friends either, but I'm just not good enough, clever enough to write those kind of articles. But but the the the, the idea is that if if I was just going to say is that if we get through a, a situation where for a six month period or a year period even there's no fans in football games, obviously in the grand scheme of things, five, six, seven, eight years time, it's probably going to see a, seem like a little bit of an anomaly. We hope because mm. we don't want it to happen yeah. again. And if it does, I think you're absolutely right, Pete. I think people will see snapshots of those goals and they just won't be shared and they won't be as viral as perhaps they would because it doesn't, yeah. to be perfectly frank, hearing that sound, it was quite a novelty when I think it was Holland did it in the first game back for Dortmund, hearing that kind of pop and that slot of yeah, the, the ball the hit the back of the net. But all you hear now is like a weird echo. And it's, <laughs> yeah. it's quite strange. But, but also yeah. you're sort of again, a unique kind of lockdown goals, I think, where like Werner's third looked like a training ground, ground weird anomaly yeah. uh, in the it Mainz Leipzig, Leipzig match. We'll get into that later on, obviously. But yeah, it, it felt like the keeper was kind of on the training ground. He was on the training ground. Everyone's just having a nice time. Uh, and there was nobody to celebrate it anyway. So yeah, it's, it, there's going to be a, a generation of lost goals. The lost goals. Mm. Yeah, I think Untrack Frankfurt will be happy that a couple of their goals may get lost in the uh, the annals. <laughs> well, I tell you I what, mean, though, I mean, Marcus, sorry to cut you off, but like, but like one of the big takeaways from that for me was um, Martin Hinteregger. I'm a huge fan yeah. of a centre back yeah. being their top scorer this season. Yeah. yeah, but also getting a sort of hat trick with two goals and one own goal. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> he's got. He's got. Mark, oh, Jimmy's got eight goals this season. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, uh-huh. there was an amazing bit of commentary in that game as well from uh, the legend that is Paul Dempo Dempsey, right? And you got, it was perfectly timed and it was amazing, right? It was just ahead of the first goal. Uh, and he says, so great array of young talent on the bench for Bayern today. But here's Thomas Muller, ageless, timeless, remorseless. And he sets up the opener for <laughs> yeah. Bayern. And it's like, what is he, the Terminator? Here's Muller. Ageless, timeless, remorseless. And he sets it up for the opener for Bayern Munich. Remorseless. remorseless. <laughs> he stamped on a rat. I won the World Cup. <laughs> I don't care. There's some truth to that, though, because Muller's goal was was clinical. It was almost horrible in its kind of efficiency. He was just like, he was just so bored of not scoring. And it like Bayern really did look like they were throwing their weight around at that point. And it, it seemed even starker with no fans. Yeah, bleak. He's like, but he's like, he's got like an on-off switch. He's either scoring a goal or he's not existing. <laughs> yeah, remorseless. It's like it was like Dempo was going to say, uh, timeless, ageless, remorseless, 
Of course, he's from. He's come back from the year twenty one sixty. Like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> With a vaccine. <laughs> yeah. Are there any strikers that are, or forwards that are, are remorseful? <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, everyone. <laughs> yes. uh, quite a few. Um, Joe Linton. <laughs> the post-match interview. That leads match earlier in the season. Yeah. I love the idea of just a post-match interview and going, yeah, at the end of the day, I'm just really sorry for the sadness I've inflicted. Yeah, <laughs> I've hurt them today. Yeah. <laughs> Even Chris Sutton wasn't like that. I'm also a huge fan of uh, Martin Keown, who was on the co-coms, um, like religiously and dogmatically sticking to calling Kingsley Coman uh, Kuman. Yeah, nice. Which, which is, is a completely different player of some repute who you probably played against, Martin, would probably be the clues <laughs> you need to not call him Kuman. There was uh-huh. a, um, there was a lovely bit of uh, action in the uh, in the in the Berlin derby uh, on the Friday where the comms line went down from the actual stadium itself. So our very own Andy Brassel was effectively on core commentary. Mm. It was very exciting. Yeah, nice. He, he did not shame us. <laughs> he did not shame us. <laughs> he didn't plug us either, though, did he? So you know, let's, let's have a bloody word with him. You're right. He yeah. didn't scream football ramble daily. So. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot us, didn't you, Andy? As soon as you got your big moment, you forgot us. There is- Okay, completely apart from Andy, there's a, there's a lovely, there was a lovely kind of moment like last weekend when obviously the Bundesliga came back, um, and like all of those kind of presenters who'd been Bund- who'd been doing Bundesliga commentary like right throughout the season were a bit like, oh, you're back, are you? Oh yeah. Now there's nothing <laughs> to bet. do. Now your new yeah. boyfriend's gone away. You're back with me, are you? Fuck you. Fuck. You. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, Jim, you're, you're buying Leverkusen team. They beat Gladback three-one. Kai Havertz leading the charge once again. Yep. He had a nice easy one to start with, didn't he? Um, and then a penalty that they were a bit fortunate to get, I think. But yeah, they looked comfortable, didn't they? And also, I love that Munch and Gladback. Um, they they did what they said they would do, didn't they? And they had uh, the cardboard cutouts in the stand, and one of them was Jan Sommer, who was not far behind the real Jan Sommer in the goal, <laughs> which was quite fun. But yeah. <laughs> I was very impressed with Leverkusen. I'm really glad I've chosen them because they look—they just look very, very together and, and they were the better team by a long, long way. They look very comfortable in possession and, and very sort of um, dominant and, and, and direct. And yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's nice. And Kevin Volland is still to come back as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Gladbach's uh, Marcus Turam scores. It's always nice to have a Marcus in there. And Sven Bender got the third. Yes. And it's always nice to have a Sven in there, Jim. Yeah, I'm a Indeed. huge fan of um, Marcus Marcus Turam um, <laughs> scoring an equaliser with 40 minutes to go and legging it to get the ball out of the net. Yeah, yeah. Like, what? yeah. Just save your, save your energy, mate. It's like yeah. his dad, isn't it? It's like his dad in the World Cup. So I've seen what you do when you score. You become completely possessed. You become <laughs> yeah. a madman. Remorseless. Yeah, remorseless <laughs> yeah, indeed. I like as well. Is. Can I just can I just draw attention to the fact that Marcus very quietly, like a hype man in the background, after talking about it being nice for there to be a Sven in there, just added the line in there, just in case anybody <laughs> missed the little Sven reference. <laughs> Get in there. <laughs> but Turam, joking aside, Turam looks like yeah. a, a great player, doesn't he? It's, it's a real. There's a lot of uh, excitement to be had about his future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I should say so. Um, my uh, my FC Köln side was uh, uh, involved in another two all draw. This time they pegged back. Uh, for, uh, well, it was Fortuna Dusseldorf this time. Uh, they got two very late goals indeed. So a very pleasing point for the lads. Something to build on. I think we can yeah, Marcus, can I can I just chime in there and say I was so yeah. sickened uh-huh. by Mainz's performance. 
Okay. Um, <laughs> did it actually put me off watching Colin against Dusseldorf? And I was, I'll make no apology for that. I thought I would yeah. fully plan to get through a nice day of football yesterday in the Bundesliga. Schalke pissed the hell out of me, pissed me off like no end. Mainz were embarrassingly bad. And yeah. I just thought, you know what? I'm only going to keep half an eye on the Colin game because that's, they've done that to me. It fired yeah. up um, Liverpool Twitter, I noticed, because obviously Timo Werner's been uh, linked with Liverpool mm. uh, pretty much constantly throughout the season and, and, he, and he probably will go. But uh, yeah, they were just, it's just everyone was just talking about him going to Liverpool. Like that's the only metric they un- that we understand them through. Mm. It's the only, the only prism we can view the Bundesliga through. Who's going to Liverpool next? <laughs> Yeah, or, well, Newcastle, Peter, but more on them in, on in just a moment, yeah. of course. Um, now, uh, back here in the United Kingdom, the government have said close contact and competitive training can begin again. Uh, of course, if they have already started doing that, then uh, it depends uh, whether that was good or not. But the Premier League clubs will vote on Wednesday whether to go ahead with this. So the season, uh, it's moving in the right direction for those who want football to return, of course, and, and we're among them for obvious reasons. So that's uh, that's I think that's quite. Um, I suppose yeah, we will have to wait till Wednesday to see if it goes through. But people seem to think that it is very unlikely that will get voted down. So we're a yeah. step in the right direction. I, I think the government needs a lot of distractions at the moment. Hey, look at the football's <laughs> yeah. back. Hey guys, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> look, it's the FA Cup final. We're doing it now. Don't ask questions. Just watch it. <laughs> it's Newcastle versus Newcastle B. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> oh, the B team won. Christian Christian Atsu um, will play. <laughs> yeah, the oh, B team won and immediately folded. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, as I was saying, there is a potentially interesting sideshow to this as well, though, isn't there? That some players are still saying that they're not entirely comfortable with returning, and there's a lot of um, confusion over what the sort of what their rights will be regarding that. Um, mm. So that, that I don't think this that story is quite as cut and dry as, as we think yet. Well, I don't think there's a huge. I don't think there's a huge amount of, 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 of confusion. I think the, the as part of the deal, as far as I understand it, the, um, the the league and the clubs have to offer the players a chance to opt out if they want to. Mm. And so, yeah. the, 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 I suppose the the further um, the further issue might well be if certain sections of of football fans start using it to hold it against certain players if the season mm. doesn't pan out as perhaps they'd like, which we've seen yeah. happen in different guises in the past, scapegoating and all the rest of it. But I, I'm fairly yeah. certain that players, if they don't feel comfortable, Marcus, I think you mentioned N'Golo Conte um, last week. Um, he may well be one of yeah. them. Yeah, Trudini as well. Yeah, there might be different examples of that. So um, that will be involved, yeah. Yeah, Christian Cabaselli said that uh, uh, Watford are injecting uh, the players with coronavirus so that it uh, voids their season and they can't go down, which is uh, a bald statement to make on Twitter. Oh, I think goodness me. Did he actually yeah. say that? He did. I tweeted. Did you see what he did, though? He, but he, he quote tweeted somebody saying, I don't really care about Watford before, but they've been an absolute disgrace wriggling around <laughs> doing everything they can to try and get out of relegation. So he, he quote tweeted that, and I think fair play. Fair yeah, play. yeah, they've yeah. got their right to reply. We're injecting ourselves with COVID, my word. <laughs> Christian, that come on outrageous. now. Outrageous. <laughs> Gentlemen, did you see that Maurizio Pochettino formally ended his ties with Spurs this week? Uh, and he revealed in an interview that he had a coffee with an Emery after they both lost their jobs within 10 days of each other, which I thought was quite nice. Oh. Is that how the formal severing works? Yeah, no, the, well, I think the coffee was a, a, a little while ago. They, they all munch on a biscotti. Yeah, I love it when you get a little biscuit with a coffee. Yeah. <laughs> That's, well, Poch said um, 
that, that they they just sort of met up and chatted about their experiences. And of course, they were uh, within enemy dugouts. But I think uh, you know, you, brothers in football. Jim, which is which is nice to see a bit of unity in North London. I think you'll agree. Yeah, I hope they had a lovely evening. <laughs> <laughs> Potch also said in the same interview that he's ready for his next job. He says he's, you know, whether that's abroad or not, we'll see. But uh, he would probably prefer it to be England. So, um, away the rumours. Watch this space. Yeah, you'd have him at Newcastle, would you, Pete? Uh, yes, I would. I'd, I'd like to make that. Yes, I would. <laughs> oh no, they've got a manager at the moment, haven't they? <laughs> Whether the takeover happens or not, I would definitely do that. Yes. Is it is it an improvement on what they've already got though? That's what you have got to ask yourself. Yeah. Yeah. He also said in that interview that he um that when he was manager of Espanol, uh, <laughs> he was linked with a job at Real Madrid when Jose Mourinho was the manager of of, of Real Madrid and he said oh no no my kids sleep in Espanol pajamas every night mm. and so we're very happy where we are and when Espanol played Real Madrid Mourinho gave his kids presents of Real Madrid pajamas saying here you go they can, um, <laughs> they can wear those now and I thought to myself that's a really nice thing to do but is that essentially saying that come please come and take my job because I don't want it anymore because that's what it comes across as <laughs> through some children's garments <laughs> so spooky yeah. but that's the Mourinho way isn't it it's like it, he's Is done it? this really he's done this thing and I don't know what the thing means but the thing is going to stay in my head for years jumping out of a clothes bas- basket yeah. a clothes yeah. with some with some kids yeah he's in the laundry basket there isn't there <laughs> well, you mentioned Newcastle. It's been touted in the press, Peter, that Rafa Benitez wants to return to Newcastle <laughs> if and when the takeover happens. And uh, uh, apparently, he'd like to sign John Stones and Ross Barkley. So, by the, I mean, by this stretch, Newcastle are going to have about six new managers and about eighteen new players come to summer. But this is the great thing about it, right? This is why um, a potential takeover of a club with loads of money is absolutely amazing if you are a hack journalist manner like, from know, heaven isn't it on the sports desk because basically <laughs> yeah. it gives you a it's like it's like it's like getting a get out, get out of jail free card playing monopoly. You can basically just say whatever you want and no one will question it. And you, you just have a lovely couple of weeks or months or whatever where you haven't really got to do any actual work. Oh, it's like, it's like being a games master uh, in Dungeon and Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. You just yeah, roll in a D20 yeah. or you've been killed by a Kestrel or, or mm. Ross Barkley's going to go to Newcastle. Uh, Solomon <laughs> Rondon wants to come back on a... Yeah, you're going to be killing a Kestrel on... Is this like some sort in, of Kenloach-themed Dungeons and Dragons that you played in your weird Hovis advert youth? Pete sounds like he's been drinking a lot of Kestrel. Killed by a Kestrel. <laughs> it's Tiskin, you know that. What I love is, though, is that everyone's getting wrapped up in this story about Newcastle, obviously. Like, even Steve Bruce has commented on it. Even he's realised that, that it's going. He's like, <laughs> the oh, no, I know, I really, yeah, I really want this takeover to happen. Yeah, yeah, no, let, let's talk about stuff that hasn't Bacon, happened. Bacon, is yet. it? <laughs> <laughs> P45, uh, is it? I think, uh, I, yeah, I, well, I. I I have no idea what's going to happen there, but but certainly um, we know that uh, in France, Gibral Cisse said he wants to come out of retirement. Have you seen this? 38-year-old Gibral yeah. Cisse. He I can't believe he's he... only 38. It's yeah, mad, Yeah, I know it? what you mean. He says he wants to reach the milestone of 100 goals in Ligue 1. He says, I'm a goal scorer and I'm a man of numbers. I love to score goals. I need four more goals and I need to do it before I die. Um, uh, he said it's well, yeah, of course, you have to do everything before you yeah, die I was, I was going to say yeah that's very difficult otherwise but um, he says it's annoying him um, uh, that, that, and that he hasn't got to 100 goals and he feels that that now is the right time to achieve that feat and I thought well 
I mean, now is not the time to do that, of course, but uh, you know, it'd be just his luck that the league has been suspended until September. But he said yeah. he'd play for free. Uh, and he did retire from football, though. He, so he's had a form for this before. He's retired from football in 2015 at the age of 34, only to return two years later to play in Switzerland. And he had a very good goal-scoring record there. I'm not sure mm. if it was the Swiss top flight or not. But either or, obviously, it's a little bit of a step down from Ligue 1. And he did sign for Vicenza last year, but he didn't play. There was some financial difficulties at the club or whatever. Now, for uh, Vicenza, um, I forget which division they're in, but they're not in the top flight in Italy. So he's had a bit of previous with this. But he is 38, and the season won't and, start again. And not again. an out-and-out out striker, you would say. <laughs> well, I, no, well, I, he would be yeah. an out-and-out out striker. He would be an out-and-out out striker. <laughs> what he, 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 would he play at that as 38, though? <laughs> Crying out loud, he always got cut in, didn't he? Yeah, he's definitely going to be playing for a team who are who are near the bottom, aren't they? If he's getting there at all. But this is interesting to me because, say, in theory, let's say the season starts up again, and in this hypothetical scenario, everything's normal again, and he can reasonably play for a team in League One. If he gets those four goals, yeah, does he stop he then? Because presumably, yeah. if he gets one hundred and one, the way his brain works, he's going to have to go for two hundred. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. It's a strange one, isn't it? You'd have to. It would have to be a promoted club with not much money at all and maybe a small squad and looking for a bit of prestige and whatnot to bring him in as a PR move, yeah. but also think maybe he's got a little bit of quality despite being a bit older because, you know, he did get about 40-odd caps for France or something. But I, I know what you mean. How dedicated is he? And is he going to be that guy who comes on and just shoots on sight for anywhere and completely disrupts <laughs> yeah. the team because he's just all about scoring goals? Never heard is of a man what? after a four-goal contract before. Yeah, <laughs> and then I leave immediately. Uh, does anyone want a quick rundown of uh, the names of, ch- of his uh, children? Please. Oh yes, please. Yeah, go on. Prince Corbet Cisse, uh, oh. Cassius Clare Cisse, Marley right, Jackson so Cisse, and Gabriel Cisse. I think there's an Iwana yeah. Cisse in there as well, but with some great names in there as well. Those, those, go- those goals he scored uh, in that Swiss team, Marcus, were in the third tier of Switzerland. Yeah. There you go. Um, so <laughs> Greg it's, it's, it's quite a step up to uh, to, to league one, but I, I I don't mind the chat. I quite like the chat because it's clear that if you're playing professional football at the top level, your your most of your career, then you need to really believe in yourself. And I'm sure he thinks he yeah. can still do it. And I wonder whether if he if he's looking for inspiration for someone like Claudio Pizarro, who's obviously still playing in Germany, or he was. Uh, and, and he's 41 at the moment. So if wow. he could get a promotion, I mean, that's the problem is it's all up in the air at the moment. But if he could get a team that were promoted to League One and he could play a couple of cameos, mm-hmm. he could probably get get him on penalties. He could probably get four. Yeah. <laughs> he was talking He was talking this week about his, um, remember his leg break against um, Blackburn, I think it was. He had two in his career, two really bad yeah. ones. The, the, the one that was like a double compound where it was like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, bony, bony, coming out skinny, skinny. Um, but the doctor apparently... Had to his, his leg was already broken. He was lying there on the way. To, I think on the way to hospital, and the doc had to pull on his already broken leg because it had lost the blood flow. There was something wrong oh. with like the veins or something. The doctor had oh, to dear. pull on his broken oh, leg. It's the most disgusting thing I've ever. And he would have lost his, uh, his foot if if he hadn't done it. But imagine wow. like knowing that much about legs <laughs> to pull on it's... an already broken leg. You're just compound, literally compounding a fracture there. Yeah. Amazing what trained medical professionals can do, but know, uh, right? um, but Emmanuel Adebayor, when he signed for Crystal Palace, I think he wanted to get a hundred Premier League goals. I think that was part of his motivation for going there. He didn't. I think he's. On, I think I'm pretty sure he's got ninety seven. I think is the tally. Uh, let me just. Yes, ninety seven is his tally. So uh, you sometimes do get 
strikers who are, are very near a milestone fancy. And then I, I suppose for, like I say, a smaller club who, who might be lacking a goal scorer, might be lacking a bit of experience, might go for that. But he's been out of the game for a bit. And of course, they're all, they're all out of the game until September at least. So um, I don't You know. were talking about five minutes ago. I wasn't. And then we revealed that it was a third-tiered Swiss team or whatever. <laughs> well, I, was, I wasn't sure. Where, my point was I wasn't <laughs> sure him. whether... All right, I think he can do it. Back him for the romance. PSG. Get PSG on it. You're going to win the league anyway next season. Yeah. The season after. Why not put him up there? That should be a little challenge. The, 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 league, the league themselves should say, uh, and the UEFA and staff should say, no, we're going to continue to sanction this project of PSG, actually, but you have to play Jabril Cissé out front every game. <laughs> yeah. Until he gets his 100. They still win. Yeah, uh, He'll get his 100th by the end of the month. Um, but there we are. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's have a quick break and we'll see you in just a moment. Welcome back to the Football Ramble on Football Ramble Daily. Guess what, everybody? It's now time for emails with Peter D. Peter D, I'll take it. Yes, it is time for emails. If you want to get in touch with the show, as that jingle just said, show at footballramble.daily.com. Paul Skinner has got in touch. Skinner! Uh, hi, Pete, slash lads. Uh, I was watching season three of Netflix uh, Netflix's Spanish language series, The Heist. Uh, the show uh, basically um, talks about a group of criminals uh, planning and attempting to execute the perfect robbery of the Bank of Spain. Uh, the episode in question, the leader of the group, the professor, is planning the robbery in a Portuguese monastery. Uh, I could not believe my eyes on a pair of monks walked past the professor. One of them looked like the Brazilian superstar Neymar. He even has several lines which are very random and bear no relevance to the plot line. See, uh, please see attachment below. And he sent me a clip of this sort of mini series about robbing a bank in Spain. And yeah, Neymar is just in it, dressed as a monk, looking very much like Neymar. And not Probably. at all like a monk. It's really confusing. <laughs> we'll, stick it, we'll stick it up on Twitter. It's so it's so weird. Uh, but if you are watching season three of Netflix's uh, Spanish language series, The Heist, I don't want to sashay our movie section into a uh, you know big money mm. TV uh, adaptation. But uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah Neymar is just rocking out it's rocking called... out in uh, in a monastery. It's called Money Heist, is it not? I think so, yeah. What would, be, what would I say? Money heist? Yeah, money heist, yeah. Yeah, it's translated. It's just translated. Well, Neymar's in it because uh, right. the, with a name like that, I assume the plot is loosely based around Neymar's father's activity. Ah, <laughs> 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 no. Uh, yeah, hello oh. to... Uh, hello to uh, Padawan Marie. Uh, hi, boys. Uh, a quick email from the tub... Uh, listening to you saying Berlin is the most underachieving city in Europe in regards to football, of course. Just a few others, others that uh, quickly sprang to mind, though. Edinburgh, in a league that in all honesty Happy could old, be yeah. there for the taking. Hearts <laughs> and Hibs have contributed nothing except for a Hearts challenge about 15 years ago uh, under the crazy Russian Lithuanian uh, leadership of uh, Vladimir Rovanov. Other cities that come to mind uh, uh, of recent years, what? Hamburg, Köln, uh, well, Cologne. Just, uh, not, uh, we said capital cities. Oh, right, well, it doesn't okay. really matter. Right. Edinburgh's population is 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 a lot smaller than Berlin's, and also Glasgow is the dominant city in Scotland, and the two teams have dominated for so long. Whereas in in Berlin, just piss off with your Edinburgh chat, mate. <laughs> you're right, you're right there, mate. Uh, yeah, you sound mate. a bit irked, Marcus. You're right. <laughs> I've made my point. I think a thread has been pulled. Did we actually say capital cities, or did we just say cities? <laughs> I think I don't know if we did. Oh, maybe we didn't, but I I, I meant capital cities. All right. Well, 
Go cool. Uh, as well as Rome, two large... Well, the email section is full of emails like this, so we didn't. Um, as well as Rome, <laughs> two large clubs in Lazio and Rome, but struggling against uh, what is a monopoly in Syria. Uh, one league title between them in this century and only a couple of cup wins. Uh, as well as that, we can look at the Soviet countries and cities, even uh, the likes of uh, uh, Moscow, Sizge, Moscow, Zenit St. Petersburg, Shakhtar Donetsk and uh, Dynamo Kiev. Their capacity is that of a good Euro- Europa League run, well below the pinnacle of European football. I'm rambling now, so I'll leave it be. Thank you for keeping me uh, company through the cold, naked shame of an hour-long bath. Uh, sir, that bath <laughs> is too long, uh, so, so leave it be. I'd like to correct him, actually, because technically the, this century that Rome had two winners, because Lazio, they were crowned champions in the year 2000, and Roma right, okay. were champions in 2001. Mm. And also, Roma did recently get to a semi-final of a Champions League. Lazio, cool. yeah, I mean, I, I think that Jim's shout of Berlin was particularly good. I have to say. I think there is a section in, in I think it's in Why England Lose um, mm. about the strange case of underachieving capital cities uh, in mm-hmm. terms of, of, of winners of, of European competition in particular. So um, I don't is. know if we did say capital cities, but um, yeah, um, shut up, Jim. I've run out of steam. <laughs> I mean this. I mean this season very much. Liverpool, the capital city of Liverpool, uh, will be winning the Premier League. So, <laughs> yeah. and they are European champions. The um, the Why England Lose shout from you, Jim, is particularly apt because that's going to be our next book club episode. So yes. look out for Ooh. that, Ooh, and maybe we'll cover it on that episode. Smashing. Uh, well, finally for now, Justin Griffith uh, says, I applaud your decision not to do a COVID-19 starting 11, even if it does mean denying the world of flattened Ben Arca. It, we're not going to be doing any COVID-11s, <laughs> uh, but again, we've had our cake and we've eaten it there. If you want to get into the show, showfootballrumbledaily.com. Now, um, before we get to the film club, um, Peter, you uh, uh, brought our attention to some hair crimes. Oh, my <laughs> word. Yeah. Everyone's come back from training with some amazing barnets, and 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 obviously there'll be a lot of uh, football sports kind of organs that are, that are, that are doing a rundown. But my, like some people have been doing their own hair, they've been taking out the clippers and stuff. Some people have just growing out their locks. Ashley Young has hair. Who yeah. knew? We've not seen it for yeah. such a long time. Sadio, Mar- Sadio Mane has had a nightmare. It looks awful. My favourite was um, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang's, which is an it's baffling to look yeah. at. I've not seen that one. What's that like? Describe it's, it. It's like, um, tell you what it looks like. He looks like, the hair looks like, have you seen Carlito's Way? Have you seen <laughs> Sean Penn's character in Carlito's yeah. Way? It looks like that. Oh my goodness. Yeah, you're yeah. right. He's got a quite unusual hairline, hasn't he? And it's grown out to reflect yeah. that. Unusual is right. Yeah. Yeah. Alison Becker's got some lovely, lovely long hair. Bobby Firmino as well looks, uh, everyone's saying looks like um, Ross Geller when it's in the past, a young Ross Geller. It looks like Jackson, yeah. young Ross Geller. It does. Um, yeah, I, I, I think um, I have to say that I'm quite disappointed in the cowards who've shaved their heads. And I include you in that, Hector Bellerin, as much as I love you. <laughs> All right, yeah. <laughs> I just, I, yeah, I think we've, we've missed the opportunity to see some quite, uh, quite intense hair. Like James Madison's looking pretty... Um, Looking like he's been living in the woods, but he's like, like he's embraced that, uh, which is quite cool. And and you're right, Becca looks fantastic. He should keep it that he way. He looks like it. a 70s Brazilian. 
<laughs> really, really does. Um, did you hear almost? Did you hear also that uh, Kiski Honda, uh, who's down at uh, Botafogo, he did this really, really late last night, I believe. Um, he's in Botafogo playing for them. He's mm. also the unpaid Cambodia manager. He was on Twitter last night asking if there were any social issues he should know about in Brazil. Aww. And he got his answers. He got some answers last night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still getting them, I expect. Jaya Bolsonaro. The, the president, <laughs> yeah, to start with there. <laughs> a lot of locking going on, Honda. But like, he's kind of a, like, a really interesting character in that. Like, remember, like, it was last season he was trying to get signed for Man United and, uh, and a yeah. couple of other Premier yeah. League teams, and he was going to play for free and all that stuff. He's a he's an interesting character, one to watch, I think, in the future. Yeah, I love the fact he's gone to Botafogo, a little swan song down in Brazil. He scored on his debut in March. Mm, the uh, oh, was it okay? I remember. That he scored, but I, I I know Brazil Bolsonaro, the president, is trying to push football to come back. I don't know. I, yes, I, I, I think it may well have done. I'm not sure. So we may see more of Honda on the football pitch against mm. all of their wishes. Yeah, Bolsonaro also uh, said a little while ago after the, the the Amazon fires that they had been paid for by Leonardo DiCaprio. So, <laughs> right, there's, there's madness all over the world. But yeah, so Leonardo DiCaprio had paid people to set the Amazon on fire. Listen, do you know what? At least, at least we can have a break from all this madness in a minute, and we can yep. talk about the film we had to watch this week for Pete's film club. So it's, it's not all bad, is it? An Amazon fire of its own. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it was the only uh, uh, film of the three golf films on Amazon that was indeed free. Uh, for obvious mm. reasons, because it would have been a crime to charge anyone <laughs> for that. So that leads us neatly on, ladies and gentlemen, to Pete's film club. Pete's Film Club. (laughs) (laughs) Films Feet Club. Pete's Feet Club, were you going to say that? You're just desperate to swear there, weren't you? (laughs) My my mind was like, don't say it. We don't want to go to the film club this week. I have to say it. Get it out there. (laughs) Pete has become our torturer at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I really have. I mean... This was a thing we were going to be doing when there was no football. Um, I was actually going to retire this feature this week because it was, you know, the the, the first film we looked at was obviously uh, Goal 1. Uh, we did Goal 2 uh, last week and, and Goal 3, I thought, gave us a little bit of cadence. Give us a, a, it kind of wraps everything up. But then I watched Goal 3 taking on the world and decided we simply can't. We simply can't end it here. We won't end it here. <laughs> Because it is the worst piece of shit I've ever seen in my life. This is what Goal 3, taking on the world, is about. With with football's World Cup as its backdrop, this is the story of two players in the England team who want their country to win by scoring the winning goal in the final. Their journey is filled with humour, romance, tragedy and redemption. Liam Adams is coming forward. I'm not surprised about this because he was always going to be a potential penalty taker, but it's a big moment for him and for England here. He's got to try to beat Ricardo to keep England's hopes alive. Goodness me, the pressure must be enormous down there as Adams steps forward here for England. in England the goalkeeper managed to get a ball on that and in doing so with the help of the crossbar he has brought Liam Adams and England's hopes almost to a standstill lads I'm so sorry I'm really this is the worst thing I've ever done and we've been doing this for 12-13 years <laughs> yeah so bad I mean I, I, I uh. was 
this is the closest I've come to being personally affronted by something someone else has asked me to do. And yeah. at least Soccer Dog had a dog in it. I'll say that. A dog yeah, deserved yeah. better, but yeah. a dog mm. nonetheless, right? Mm. And this is the first film I've seen, not just in Pete's Film Club, but the first film I've seen generally. Because oh, I'll tell you, here's a little, little, very, very quick trip down memory lane. When I was a kid, a few of our, our mates we, and me, we were a bit too young to get into pubs consistently. and so, But a lot of time, my mate's parents would go away and we'd have like a spare house or whatever. So what we'd do is we'd get some beers from the off-license and we would go to Blockbuster and we would find the shittest B-movies we could find because they're quite fun to watch, particularly like the horror ones and stuff. Mm. And so I've, I spent a lot of my youth watching some very, very bad movies, right? And this is the first film I've seen, Goal 3, where it genuinely feels like they're making it up as they go along. Mm. Like the first <laughs> 10 or 15 minutes, it's almost like you can't, you can't kind of ground yourself in what's actually happening. Yeah. Like mm. it's, it's an endless yeah, procession of like offensive cliches, bad acting. And, 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 and so I, I couldn't get my head around the idea that somehow, despite all the money in f- washing around football and has been for mm. years and years, that hour and a half is the worst value in football history. That's 10 million quid <laughs> on an hour and a half. That's three million pounds more than Portsmouth spent on John Utaka, right? It's absolutely unforgivably bad. I, I cannot really stress, words yeah. barely scratch the surface mm-hmm. of how bad this film is. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree with you, Luke. And the, the, the problem is that it really disrespects the already <laughs> shoddy goal film franchise it or does. whatever it is. Because you have the first film, which is kind of like, all right, okay, a bit of sort of fun and nonsense. Okay, fine, we'll, we'll let you have that, okay. And then the second one comes on, which we talked about last week. It's kind of like, uh, that was a bit weird, but I, I suppose it's sort of in line with what's going on. Right, you've you're okay, and then this one is kind of like no, no, hang on, you've gone so far because I think one of the criticisms that we had of the golf films is that it jumps so quickly. It's kind of like he meets this guy who says, oh, "I think you could play for Newcastle," and then the next minute he's training with Alan Shearer and all the boys, and you think, well, "Hang on, whoa, whoa, whoa!" But I, I appreciate they don't have the, they don't have a ten part series on Netflix to kind of character you know draw out the story. But there is, you, you, so you have Santi uh, Santiago, the, the main character. And you're 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 with him through the first two and his life and and so on and so forth and then straight from the off on the third he is pretty much just discarded as as a background character. You're introduced to two new characters who also play for Real Madrid. Everyone plays for Real Madrid, and and you're like, hey, where are we? And as Luke said, you're not grounded in anything. Mm. They couldn't even afford Kuno Becker for this one. Properly, yeah, I know. That's it. That's it. <laughs> it was so crap that that words fail me. Well, you, Mike Ashley's of... in it. Mike oh, Ashley's no. in it. That and was it, amazing the, to see and that. The what only a words, The only words he says is, is I forget the guy's name, but it's like, fuck off, John. That's all he says in it. It's fuck off PK, isn't it? He's talking to, oh, he's talking to Paul Kemsley, who's the ex-Spurs um, right, executive, the football sorry, executive. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. But apparently, didn't, didn't Mike Ashley spend one million quid for that cameo? It was like a bit of a joke for him. I mean, everything's a bit oh, of a joke goodness. for him, but I think he spent yeah. one million to, to, for that crappy piece of nonsense that he did in there. Pete, I think you'll find Slazenger aren't a joke to Mike Ashley. Lonsdale aren't a joke to Mike <laughs> Ashley. You know, 
These are brands that were a joke before Mike Ashley turned them into not being a joke anymore. I was, I was, I was very much, uh, I was very much enjoying Kuno Becker's hair. Gone full Marcus Speller circa ten years ago, I'd say. What do you yeah, reckon, yeah. Marcus? Yeah, yeah, a little bit of that. Yeah. <laughs> the only things that I could say that were positives was Kuno Becker's hair, the fact that there's a Sven Joran Eriksson lookalike that pops up every now and then, <laughs> and uh, and of course it's all centered around the 2006 World Cup. So yeah. you see, you see that World Cup. You see a bit of footage from that World Cup from different angles that I hadn't seen before. And With that some was... hard fire over the top. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so it was nice to relive Beckham's free kick against Ecuador from a slightly different yeah. angle. But that's yeah. about it. Otherwise, it was total shit. Every single shot, apart from the bits where they're showing clips from the uh, Germany World Cup finals, looks like your actor's friend showreel on Vimeo. It yeah. looks yeah. like like you've, yeah, you've yeah, not yeah. got you've you've not got on Corey quite yet. So here's yeah. what you're having to put up with. Oh, yeah. So I, ca- I can't believe that we've relived that Ecuador game in a way that was worse than the game itself there. <laughs> absolutely phenomenal. I mean, for me, football and movies are two of my favourite things. So this felt a little bit like being beaten up by my parents. Like it was just <laughs> so, so bad. And it, it was as if like whoever wrote the script had won the opportunity to do so in some sort of competition in Nuts magazine. Because I think yeah, absolutely. The, 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 one of the worst <laughs> things about it was the, the sort of what happens on tour stays on tour Geordie fans subplot and the way that they and, and the film in general kind of viewed women. Like every scene they were in was, was an embarrassment. And, and as Luke alluded to, relied on some sort of awful stereotype. There's a lot of, you know, there's a huge sexist lens going on. And the bit where they meet some Jamaica fans and they immediately start smoking weed. Like it's such little England bullshit. It was so hateful. Whoever, whoever wrote it did, did such a, poor job of actually you know lending it any dignity and as you say i was like genuinely annoyed for the the, the makers of the first two movies because they you know they're not exactly the godfather part one and two but you know like they were they, they stood up as movies but this just really sort of undoes that like the romantic bits like the the few that there were look like savage garden videos and like just <laughs> who are these two guys as well it'd be like if in the first 10 minutes of john wick three like he's sort of like you know, I had a little rest behind a table because he's been shot or whatever, as John Wick repeatedly does. And then the rest of the movie was about two extras. Like, yeah, you, and you just it, don't really it. see John Wick again. One of them, one of them looks, I mean, one, I'm not going to spoil, well, I am going to spoiler it. One spoil it for the, crying out loud. One, of, yeah, the, screw one it. of the top England uh, professionals dies uh, just, just before oh. the final act of the movie. And Sven doesn't even attend the funeral. You know, no, they couldn't no, even get the no, body no, double no. for yeah. Sven to attend no. the funeral of an England yeah, international. <laughs> <laughs> the, thing, Pete, the thing, the thing that, the thing that absolutely stunned me about that is you're absolutely right to point that out. And someone earlier mentioned the idea of these four Geordie mates who are from the first movie and yeah. cameos yeah. in the first movie, and they play what someone else described as a subplot, which I thought was very generous. But I get the point. <laughs> uh, but the, the thing about that is, Pete, talk, talking about the funeral, the four Geordies, yeah. one of them is a taxi driver who once gave the main character, the football player, a lift. They're all at the funeral. They've got invited. <laughs> They're also at his wedding. They're at his fucking wedding. How are they there? The guy's fiance's there. Obviously, is 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 rather upset because her fiance's just died. And 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 and, and yet the funeral. Yeah, she, it's, uh, suddenly the funeral becomes a quite sort of rather laid back affair. And one of those Geordie fans walks up to her and just mumbles in this sort of stereotype accent. Oh yeah. Uh, hey. Thank you very much, Bet, for letting us come and give our respects. Like how are you? Like, and she just smiles, and it's like. <laughs> Right, thank you. Yeah, appreciate that. And uh, <laughs> and it's uh, I, I, 
it, it is utter. I can't. Don't see this, ladies and gentlemen, for crying out. <laughs> don't even sort yeah. of go. Uh, not even don't even think joke. to yourself. Oh, yeah, exactly. This is a joke. Don't. This is really, really depressed us. <laughs> yeah, I hated it. I would like to name some people: Simon Giles. Uh, the visual effects supervisor, uh, the compositors, Richard Fox, David Emeny, Robert Willis, uh, Ryan Hutchings, Alexander uh, Yovanovich, they had their work cut out because they basically just went, right, can you make it look like a footballer is playing football in the World Cup, but do it on an iPhone app? Can you do it yeah. for a budget of £100? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it consistently... And, and they know it's bad because in the bloody in, in the credits, the focus puller, the guy who's trying to tie it all together, he's allowed a little nickname, Jonathan Chunky Richard. He's in the credits as Chunky Richard. They don't care. They don't care about yeah. us. This is open contempt. And Mike Ashley is at the root of this. I'm sure of it. <laughs> yeah, he is. He thinks it's funny. It's just another little little <laughs> dig at you lot, isn't it? Like the guy that played Charlie Braithwaite, the guy who dies, and frankly, I don't think he died enough in that movie. They should have <laughs> dug him up and killed him again. But he couldn't look less like a footballer. And the bit at the start of the movie is that he gets offered a chance to be a footballer becoming an actor. So it's like this attempt at this meta-reversal of yeah. what's happening in the first two and then movies. They, and then they and just makes go to no Romania sense. and have a go at some gypsies. It's just but like, how bad? Yeah, exactly, yeah. But how bad is it, though, when... So, so the guy Charlie dies and his, his teammate... Uh, is it Liam? He's also in the England yeah. squad. And you think, okay, Liam's going to now come on and score the winner for England. But no, no, the film actually stays a bit true to life. England play Portugal in the quarterfinal, of course, in 2006 World Cup, and they lose on penalties. And Liam steps up to take his penalty, and you think, oh, how are they, they going to um, you know, have him score and England carry through? No, he misses his penalty, and England go out. And then you see the actual footage of the England players going around the stadium as they did with Beckham and co, sort of applauding the fans and looking very, very upset. And he's there, and, um, and, and his mate Charlie, of course, died. And he just then sort of solemnly takes off his 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 England top, and it's just got R.I.P. Charlie on it. And I just sort of walking around. I screamed at that moment, Marcus, because <laughs> yeah. it was so it was so weird. He's just Mr. Badly. <laughs> he takes his top off, and he's so badly done. R.I.P. Yeah. Charlie. Fuck oh, well, hell. Oh, well, this, this well, this is this is a waste of time. Then, run it. You know, it's not Andreas Iniesta scoring in the final and whipping his top off and, and, and you know, honouring his mate that way. It's kind of like, oh, well, I had this plan. Oh, there's a couple of bits you guys have, uh, have, have we haven't mentioned, which you've got to mention. One is the um, the um, the appearance of Tamar Hassan, who, like, oh, for God, some yeah. reason, Why for is some he wearing reason, shorts just, and socks? Yeah, just sits around with a lanyard on, just saying, come on, get amongst it, yeah? Like yeah. And, and, and the second bit is that, when, when at the beginning, when the the guy who's apparently good enough to play for Real Madrid in England is going yeah. to appear in a movie, despite not having any idea what the movie's about and having no one accompanying him there, yeah. he's obviously not seen a script beforehand. He's still right. doing it, right? That's bad enough. The worst yeah. part of it is when they find out they they're a part of the England squad because someone apparently rings one of them and just says, "I'll tell the other guys well, will you?" Because he goes, yeah, yeah, hangs up. We're both yeah, in yeah, the England yeah. squad. Ray! So why is yeah. he ringing him? It's a big moment, that. You probably want to be ringing the guy himself. Charlie, the bloke who actually appears in the film, uh, as I said, he looks like Robert Asquith. He looks like he looks like the seventies. He's got a very old man's face. He's, Big time, he's yeah. supposed to be playing. Yeah, he's supposed to be. I would be questioning his uh, passport if if he was signing for a, for a football club. Yeah. To be quite frank, um, yeah. but his last role was. I'm, 
I love of them to, as I am to uh, criticize uh, actors' uh, trajectories. But his last role was on a uh, straight-to-video on-demand romp uh, with Thomas Turk, who's called Avengement. Love that. So <laughs> Wow. If you want to continue his, uh, watching him, that's where you can watch him. Don't. Well, we look forward to goal four. Yeah, big <laughs> yeah. I genuinely want Kuno Becker to be able to, like, to be given the chance to put this right now. I see yeah, what well, he means. I see why he's so angry. Look, this should be a tear on our Patreon. We just get this done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because this can't, this can't end like this. It's so awful. Uh, but guys, um, yeah, as I said, I was going to end this feature this week because I thought it was a really nice kind of like closing up of, of what we started a, a, a couple of months ago. Um, but I can't. We're going to have to continue no. this at least mm-hmm. until the Premier League is back because I, I, we can't finish on golf. It's awful. Uh, next week's film, next Monday's film is called Diamantino. Ooh. When Portuguese soccer hunk Diamantino blows it in the World Cup finals, he goes from superstar to laughingstock overnight. His sheltered worldview gets further shattered after learning about the European refugee crisis and he resolves to make amends by adopting an African refugee only to find that his new son is an undercover lesbian tax auditor investigating him <laughs> on suspicion of corruption. And oh, I'm reading wow. straight from the website there. I'm reading oh, straight yes. from the website. That is what it says. Oh, no. From there, Diamantino gets uh, swept up in an odyssey involving twins and Secret Service skullduggery. Thank you very much. Is it a porno? It sounds like a porno. It just sounds a little bit like a porno, but it's. Uh, I assure you, uh, it's oh, not. Dear. <laughs> oh, dear. Peter, are we going to do this feature until Goal 4 is released? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, it, was, yeah. Uh, it was suggested by uh, um, uh, Martin uh, Kovsand in Norway. Uh, it, it looks to be um, tangential tangentially uh, football related and absolutely crazy so uh, thank you for that Martin right. and we'll see how that one that pans out next Monday Diamantino Diamantino there we are ladies and gentlemen <laughs> we've uh, reached the end of today's football ramble I hope you've had a bloody lovely time if you want to uh, ensure that you do have a lovely time today do not watch Goal 3 for crying out loud I'd Ugh. recommend Soccer Dog 2 over it um, that's how bad it is <laughs> Soccer Dog 1 um, uh, yeah, well yeah we, we haven't watched that uh, we have good watched point. that one and therefore we don't need to put it on. Good, good point, Marcus. <laughs> Just writing something down Gosh. there. Just writing something down. <laughs> um, there we are. Jules and Andy back tomorrow. Uh, so so uh, do get involved there. Plenty to, to listen to, of course, on Football Ramble daily. But until we meet again, everybody, it's goodbye from Luke Moore. Goodbye. Goodbye from Jim Campbell. Goodbye. It's goodbye from Pete Donaldson. Diamantino. <laughs> it's goodbye from me. This was a Stakhanov production.